Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and one of our favorite returning guests. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I am the Japan Hobbyist, and looking forward to talking about uh, today's topic. So, yeah, let's, let me turn it over to my uh, my guest. How you doing everyone? It's uh, Harry13 here, your go-to online MTGO grinder, and we're back to have a really interesting discussion about the latest events that have unfolded. Absolutely. So we've got some kind of uh, pioneer news and updates today, as well as going over a little bit of what we saw most recently in some big events. So the biggest of those we want to cover uh, as far as competitive pioneer that's happened since the last time we've talked about it has really been this uh, this super PTQ or what is it called now? Uh, you know, the naming conventions changed, but it, it's still, you know, I still call it a PTQ. Uh, and on that note, we also want to talk about the reintroduction of organized play and what that means for Pioneer. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, let's start off that question to you guys first. Um, what was the announcement? You know, like, can we just kind of read over it real quick? Does anybody have that available? Yeah, if you've got like a summary or anything like that, I bet I can find a, uh, a good organized play summary. Yeah, I mean, basically what's happened is they're essentially going back to what the system was before COVID, I'm guessing. Like, um, it seems like basically tabletop's back. They've got like, um, uh, the world's is like the top of the pyramid and the base level is like regional championship qualifiers. So basically regional championship qualifiers are kind of like PPTQs. Where you, you, like, any WPN store, basically, can host them. And they're basically feeder tournaments into the regional championships, which are hosted by select, like, organizers, like, magic organizers for each region. In uh, Europe, it's uh, Legacy Games. And they'll be based, like, RPTQs, where they'll probably be, like, I think there's slightly less RPTQs, so you need to go to, like, specific locations across, like, your region. And then I think the top eight of them qualify for the Pro Tour. So mm-hmm. it's very similar to what it was before, except slightly less RPTQs, but with top eight qualify. I know in the past that sometimes if the RPTQ was small, then the top four would qualify. So, mm-hmm. and then you go to the Pro Tour, and then kind of similar is what's always happened in the Pro Tour. If you go like nine, six or eight, ten, five, then you then you chain invites. So... This is great um, because for me, Paper Magic was dead to me because there was no incentive to play competitively. There was no, in Europe anyway, there was like no Grand Prix events. There was kind of like, you know, smaller sized events hosted privately by like companies, but like you just didn't have the same appeal or draw to it. So this is this is huge. They, I feel like they've actually listened to what the the players want, and this is closer to what we want than what we had previously. So this is this is a good step forward, in my opinion. So how how does this relate to Pioneer? I don't know if we touched on that. Um, I believe um one of the I I think the Proter is one of the Proter is not going to be Pioneer and Limited. That's what they announced, I believe. Yeah, it's gonna be like Modern Pioneer and Limited, and I think they said the first one is going to be pioneer but uh um Kevin, been, i don't know can you it's been pioneer before there was a pt pioneer because i remember it was um it was um oh, 
can't remember their names. Huey Jensen against Corey Burkhardt mm-hmm. in the final, mm-hmm. and it was Lotus versus Inverter. Mm-hmm. And that was the final, and I'm pretty sure Inverter won it. It was Corey Burkhardt playing Inverter. So there's definitely been a Pioneer PTQ, PT before, but that's when Pioneer was probably... Um, that was before people started to think that Pioneer was potentially going to lose popularity because you you mm-hmm. guys know as well as i do pioneer has been really pushing to stay relevant for probably about a year and a half nearly two years because there was mm-hmm. so much uncertainty with historic and you know them making claims that they would bring pioneer to arena and that never mm-hmm. surfaced they decided that they wanted to go with historic instead and you know alarm bells started to ring i mean mm-hmm. you got a lot of jokes online like oh pioneer is a dead format when Evidently, it's not if you look at, you know, how popular it is on Magic Online and stuff like that. And obviously, in Japan- and in COVID, of course, we, yeah, we got to yeah. mention that that's largely related for eliminating a, you know, mostly paper only format at the time and eliminating pretty much all paper play across the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So this is this is great news for all you Pioneer fans. This gives you an incentive to be able to play Pioneer at the top level. And I hope people listening to this are galvanized by this news and they have like real aspirations to get there and play to many of you their favorite format at the in the biggest stage and it's definitely my favorite format and i i'd mm-hmm. love to get there i'd love to qualify for the pro tour and play at the highest level so yeah it's really exciting so i let i, I want to kind of segue into my, my next uh, question here so like you said pioneers your favorite formats my favorite format kevin's favorite format um the regional qualifiers that they're going to be doing for the um you know this new organized play system it says they can be run as standard pioneer modern or limited and i'm guessing um you know sometimes i know before they let the uh um local game stores uh, kind of choose which one they wanted to do. Uh, this says the first round of regional championships will be Pioneer, uh, but the qualifiers can really be whatever uh, they want, I believe. Maybe you guys can back me up on that. And I wanted to ask, do you think people will be choosing Pioneer over Standard, Modern, or Limited? So what do you guys think? Um, me personally, I know in my area, um, people tend to... Basically, in paper, um, people that still play paper, I know a lot of the competitive players that I kind of grew into playing Magic with don't really play as much anymore. But I know there's like a solid modern scene in um, Scotland. So I think, Mm. unfortunately for me, I'm not a big fan of modern, but I think that's what they'll gear the the PPTQ events towards. They just want to get, you know, bums on seats, so to speak, and they know they'll probably Mm -hmm. get the largest turnout if it's modern. Um, I hope they I hope they do Pioneer and I also hope there's a number of them will be limited. Uh, I think limited will draw more people back because there's little you know, there's there's no real ceiling to buying cards again. You can just turn up and get your packs and open it and play. I hope that's mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that happens is left to be seen, but um yeah, I think for my region, I think for Scotland, mm-hmm. um I think most of the events will probably be modern and just catered to the market and demand that's already there. But what about you guys? Mm-hmm. It's obviously completely different in Japan, probably very different where you're from, Kevin, as well. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think throwing it to Ryan here is the perfect place to go because we, we've said on the show before is that one of the really nice things about Pioneer is that 
for regions that don't have the historical magical competitive play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, at this point, history for Japan has gotten pretty old, but it's a lot harder to find something like a legacy staple than it is to find anything that's been printed in Pioneer. Yeah. Um, so just regions where the price point or the historical you know, card availability isn't there. I think having Pioneer's Pro Tour option is going to be huge for those as feeder regions to the Pro Tour. Mm. I agree. And why, why don't you give your actual opinion on it? Because I'm just kind of uh, repeating what I've heard you say in the past. <laughs> you mean me? Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it really depends on the size of the store. I think that the uh, bigger, co- sorry, the bigger uh, stores, the, um, the Hallelujahs, maybe like the Big Magics or the Amenity Dreams, will probably uh, do more of the Pioneer. Um, Pioneer, uh, how can I say, uh, not PTQs, but the, uh, P- I don't know, what are they called? PPTQs? I'll just say PPTQs, <laughs> the regional qualifiers. Um, I think they're going to be doing the Pioneer because they want to sell cards, and they haven't really been selling a lot of Pioneer cards, and you know this will help them go through a lot of their stock. And I think they will also uh, be kind of switching between that and and Limited as well because they also, like, they always have, like, super cheap packs um, I don't know if I've told you guys like how cheap packs are. Like you can get like a dollar fifty Ikoria packs over here. So you know there was there's a, a serious glut of of boosters out there. So I could definitely see limited being uh, you know somewhat popular here, especially since people haven't really opened up any packs at all, which is good for us players because that means more single cards will be on the market uh, that we'll be able to buy. Uh, modern, I know that there's a couple stores in my area and in Tokyo that that have modern. So those are going to be like more like the mid-sized places that have a more of like the you know legacy player base, um, you know like or you know the people that like more of the old cards. Uh, some comp- some stores haven't been keeping up on their um, I'm going to say standard and and uh, pioneer staples. You know they haven't been buying a lot of cards, so I could see those stores doing modern. And I would say like any of like the newer newer uh stores you know the ones that maybe have opened up over the last few years especially you know having you know just picked up magic maybe right before the pandemic i could see them doing standard so there should be a wide range i'm hoping for a lot of pioneer but i think it's it's gonna be you know it really depends on the store but um how about you kevin what do you think yeah, I think we'll definitely start to see some things around me hopefully take off with competitive Pioneer. You know, our region, Chicagoland, has, has started to get some people interested. You know, we've got a Discord for people who are in the Chicagoland area trying to get some people every once in a while, you know, every week or two. But I think that if a decent-sized store decided to run a high-level event, that would get people immediately interested. And that's the kind of thing that then fires like, hey, you know, we all built these decks to play in the, uh, the whatever it would be, the regional qualifier why don't we keep playing? Why don't we keep showing up and playing these? Because you'll be able to play them from now until the end of time. For the most part, you know, you'll have to update a little bit, but it's not a rotating format and it's an accessible format. So I feel like it's going to be in a really good spot for re-injecting some players into Pioneer. Okay, so um, so what I'm hearing from you guys is that, yeah, we'll have a lot more people playing. We'll have a lot more events. Um, what other kind of effects do you think we can predict from you know this increase in uh, events, you know, not only for, you know, the other formats, but for Pioneer specifically, like what, what are some other effects of this announcement? Um, I think uh, you'll probably see Pioneer leaks on Magic Online and increase in player size. 
Um, I think like currently, um, I think at the very lows, we were seeing about 200-ish active players. Um, active players in Pioneer now is at 565, which I believe mm. is the largest it's been in over a year. Um, and I think that will grow. I think it will probably double. I think you'll probably get to see closer to a thousand active players in Pioneer Leagues, which is great nice. um, because it obviously gives you a good idea of how popular the format is. But it's also like if people want to play online, they can get fast. I mean, you don't really need to wait long for like league matches in Pioneer tournament, mm-hmm. like maybe like 30 seconds to a minute max. Um, mm. But it was getting to the stage where it was like one to two minutes at one point when we were, you know, in the pioneer bear market if anyone is knows their stocks like just in a downtrend of players but now we're seeing a, a big uplift mm-hmm. because of this because people are people know that like a lot of the decks in pioneer have kind of stood the test of time or they've been viable for over a year so a lot of people are thinking mm-hmm. oh the pt is going to be pioneer this is i've only got like a couple of months to really get to grips with the format i better Mm. you know sleeve up my online cards and get slinging and just like see what the format's like Mm -hmm. so and yeah i think it's gonna have a big impact on online i think in paper yeah we're gonna see more people play pioneer which is great oh i cannot wait to play pioneer paper again like Mm -hmm. and i really want i really want like a like a grand prix in Europe somewhere that like is pioneer I love that I remember the last time it was when Inverter just kind of came into the the, the foray or, and then I was still playing blue white control at the time I think I went mm-hmm. I went like 11-4 which was like good but like yeah Inverter like I just realised like how good Inverter was like um, when I played against it um, and it was just really fun because I got to see a lot of like my friends from across Europe which was nice and yeah I think I think we'll see in certain regions Pioneer will really pick up. I think in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other areas, I think people, you know, the bigger cities especially. Bigger cities, yeah, and kind of like, I don't know. I still think like Modern still has the, the reins on the Premier Eternal format. I don't think we'll see Pioneer take over that anytime soon, um, but I think it will take some sort of share, of Modern. I'd like to think people who, who aren't invested in either modern or pioneer might choose mm-hmm, pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's so much cheaper. Yeah, I hope like pioneer eventually takes over what standard was in paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think standard as a paper format might um, might die out. I think people really hate the idea of like constantly having to like rotate for cards, and it's expensive to keep up with standard. Um, That's more of a casual introductory format. Yeah, but do you remember like maybe like 2014, 2015 standard was like the format, like that's the format yeah. you played, whereas now it's like, in, in Scotland anyway, nobody plays standard in paper. Yeah. It's just dead, like if they introduced standard to PPTQs again, I think people would have issues with it because like no one wants to play standard and because of the the lack of like having to spend money on standard cards and then the value just plummeting as soon as the formats rotate. Mm-hmm um but yeah i i do see limited picking that slack up though you know more people will be playing limited yeah i think playing standard i think limited will probably replace standard people you know they'll like imagine say you had like four or five pptqs in my area i reckon like two of them will be limited two of them will be modern and like one of them will be pioneer i reckon that's Mm -hmm. how it'll probably work out if that's how it goes 
And actually, I want to ask you, you know, like during a season, like how many events do you think, you know, there will be in your area? Realistically, will you be able to go to one uh, like twice a weekend, like one on Saturday, one on Sunday? Or, you know, is it going to be like a little bit more spread out? Yeah, definitely not. I think a lot of the stores, COVID COVID had a big impact. And I think like I know at least like two or three stores that were there before COVID aren't there anymore because they just Mm -hmm. don't see it viable having a brick and mortar store um mm-hmm. when footfall is diminished and you know no one's buying your product mm-hmm. and it's expensive to keep hold of rent when you can't allow people in so i reckon it'll probably be one a week and okay. that's good for me i mean i don't know about you guys but i can't i can't really justify to my partner like oh i'm gonna play magic all weekend every weekend like or just tell me yeah to, you know yeah, what I mean? absolutely <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think i think it's oh we know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i think it's fine if you're like young and single and you're kind of like mm-hmm. you know you've got you all the time grind. in the world yeah, yeah yeah but like if you're like us like in the in the more um young to middle age stages of our lives you know mm-hmm. like it's very hard to like justify that time i can play like at the moment i can play like one one challenge or i'd probably be able to play like one event per weekend and then that would be that. I I don't think I would play two even if I could. Like, it's just not got that time. How about you, Kevin? What What do you think the schedule is going to be like? Is it going to be jam packed? You can go any weekend to play a, a qualifier, or do you think there'll be uh, just a few chances every season? You know, I'm not sure. I think that I do like that the new setup. I feel rewards slightly more about consistency rather than just spiking a single event. You know, the fact that more of the events are all of them top eight qualified to the pro tour. Um, you don't have to just like go to the one big event. So hopefully that'll mean there'll be slightly more available events. If you you know don't make it in the one, you can go to the next one, mm-hmm. um, have a reasonable chance at converting that to a top eight in the pro tour invite. Uh, I'm not sure though. I'd have to see how it actually works out, especially for, you know, an area like, like America. If, if you've got one in, you know, three different cities and those cities are 50 miles apart mm. like yeah you could go to all of those or you could be someone that can't get to any of those because mm-hmm. uh, that's too far away so like it really depends on the person and you know what their ability to travel and, and play all these different events is yeah i just want to say because like that can sound like it's a lot really close together but it, it cannot be for some people i want to say i'm incredibly lucky being so close to tokyo like i basically have like 200 stores in an hour you know, radius yeah. that I could go to, but not not all of those are going to have you know uh, magic events. But you know, still, I, I I will realistically be able to pick and choose any weekend to go. They'll have one every Saturday and Sunday from start to finish uh, of the season. I'm kind of jealous. You you live in a city that's bigger than a lot of countries. You know, like yeah, <laughs> Tokyo's population is like yeah, six, metropolitan's six, like twenty four million or something. Yeah, it's like five times the population of Scotland or something um and yeah like it's quite good having that accessibility for us it's kind of like glasgow's got like a population of like like metro area of like i think it's like either one between 1.2 and 1.8 million so it means that mm-hmm. there's like four four or five stores that could probably host these events it's not bad yeah and then mm-hmm. you can go to like edinburgh which is kind of like two-thirds the size of glasgow which will probably have like mm-hmm. two or three stores and then you've got other cities but like <clears throat> a lot of the cities that probably have like at least one store are about like within like an hour an hour and 30 minutes away from glasgow so it's not bad like um 
it's just from it just puts me in a just in a, a decision where it's like do i want to invest back into paper magic and mm-hmm. how much money mm-hmm. do i want to invest into it and yeah hopefully hopefully everyone else has the same ideas and then everyone i can start borrowing cards again um, and that <laughs> that actually leads me into my next question um will we see higher prices and if so how much how much higher can we see uh, decks become? Because we've talked about this before, how like a lot of Pioneer decks on average are like, I would say like around the $300 to $400 range. Um, you know, right now I think in modern, you know, it, it's even more expensive than that. It's like what, 2000 3000 So where do you think Pioneer, um, the cost of Pioneer is going to fall, you know, with, you know, because of this organized uh, play announcement? I, I think at worst it will double at worst. I think like mm-hmm. eight hundred, yeah, eight hundred dollars, like is probably the price cap. Eight, maybe a thousand. It's going to be interesting. I feel like you know, when you look at a list of expensive cards in Pioneer, it's like a third of them are expensive because of Commander, a third of them are expensive because of Standard, a third of them are expensive because of Modern. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe if there are a list of cards that are only really played in Pioneer and those are scarce enough to become expensive, you know, maybe that increases the total price of the format by a third yeah. but that that's not an unreasonable amount like yeah. it, it would really only be things that like they're not being bumped up because of standard they're not being bumped up because of modern those already have the demand for them it would just be things that are new demand on pioneer only effects and you know maybe if someone wanted to go ahead and find what those are and uh suggest out a spiky list of things to buy if you're looking for uh for good pickups but uh we're not super big on the finance side mm-hmm. of things so, you know i i don't uh i don't usually buy things to you know, make money for them. I'm buying I'm for my collection. So like another thing that I think we'll see more of, uh, because of this organized play announcement is that you'll see a lot more, um, how can I say content producers out there playing, which is something I've kind of missed, you know, here in Japan, I used to, you know, go to you know, PTQs or PPTQs and play against Yuta Takahashi world champion or, you know, uh, Saito Tomoharu. You know, I think that's going to be really cool to see those people getting out and, you know, playing in their local game stores again. Oh, can I use this as a segue to our next topic? Because yes. this is, like, perfect for me. Is, when, uh, what was it, Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. I think it was, or Tuesday night? There was a uh, Pro Tour qualifier for Pioneer. Mm-hmm. It had 282 people playing. And I had, I want to say, eight people that I watch on Twitch streaming it. Um, two of those dropped out pretty early, but I had six people that were pretty much live for top eight almost through the end. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the ones I was watching actually did make top eight. I At that point, it was too late for me to finish watching, but it was still really impressive. And, of course, one of the people I was watching ended up winning it. So uh, I think that's a perfect segue into us talking about the results of that event and you know being one of the biggest events we've had recently. You know, 282 people on Magic Online, mm-hmm. that, that's an awesome number to see. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, we're going to go over these, the topic is just now, yeah? Oh, you wanted to do that first? Yeah, yeah. that sounds... Yeah, yeah, and, yeah that sounds and, perfect, and I, so... And what I will say is the top eight was stacked. Um, there was a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of very good players. Um, Guldicat, uh, Daniel Gochul, he's basically... Um, shout out to Gul. Uh, uh, he's in... I'm in a Discord with him and some of the other um, players here. Um talks talks a lot about phoenix and various other things um they they play phoenix all the time in pioneer and they're very good with it and they had some really interesting they had a really interesting like five head deck selection card choices like i would Mm. never have like came up with this in a million years 
Um, you've got Brazilian player Rastav, again, very good player, very consistent. Top eight's a lot of these big events. And um, Daniel Lacos, uh, I don't really know who they are. They're a bit of a kind of, you know how you get some players that just don't have any social media or any obvious um, like presence there? Um, they play Phoenix the same. They play Phoenix all the time and they do pretty well with it. And then you've got Piper Powell, Luis Salvato, Zach Dunn, who obviously got to the finals of the Pro Tour. Um, I don't know who Electric Bob is. Um, Islands go same. They're part of some team. I don't really know them that well. Um, so that's um, Bog, who's uh, streaming, and he's part of what is Team Sunny Days. And then uh, Electric Bob was also a streamer. So both of those two were uh, people I was watching through this whole time. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they're all, like, reasonably, like, they're all, like, known players, you know? So that top mm-hmm. eight is probably one of the most stacked top eights I've seen in a while in terms of, like, not as, like, just very good players. Like, just so many. Um, and basically known pretty much all of them, like, who they are and stuff like that, yeah. So we want to talk about what what's done well um we can kind of see that um you know rakdos rakdos sacrifice was the kind of uh, main winner here mm-hmm. um i think it's quite a nice build of the cat incorporating the cat oven um engine uh, with mayhem devil mayhem devil was the obvious replacement to lurus it's just a great three drop mm-hmm. that fits in the deck um nothing nothing much has changed to be honest um they're just playing like by force because the decks gained in pop prop popularity um so you want them to hedge against the mirror match um and then we yeah that's one i've been seeing pop up in a lot of red sideboards is by force um just ends up being useful even if you tag two things yep. with it mm-hmm. and Zach, do you mind if I quick yeah, run yeah. through the uh, the archetypes here? You, you'd gone through, you know, the players in the top eight, which are very impressive. But I do want to say, so number one winner was Mono Red Burn. Number two and number four was Is It Phoenix? Um, this Cat Anvil was in third and seventh. Yep. Um, uh, and we it, had a Lotus Field in fifth. Yep. And then in sixth through eighth, we had a Blue White Control, and we had a Red Black Mid Range. Mm. Yep. Um, as far as, uh, you know, just going to quick name it off, top 32. Um, so we had, like, seven blue-white control in top 32, four Phoenix, four Lotus Field, four Rakdos mid-range, four mono-red burn, three of the Anvil Rakdos, three Winota, one Ascendancy, Two. one Spirits, oh, and one tra- Transmogrify? Yep. Yep. No, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Now, yep, that's my fact finding mission. You now you can talk about the uh, the details. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. Oh, want, no. mm-hmm. I did want to point out that since the Lurus ban, you know that uh, Rakdos has split into two different decks. I'm happy to see Rakdos sacrifice still doing well because I was worried about that. But you know we've seen a lot more Rakdos mid range um, doing well in the last couple of weeks as well. I think you know I'd like to just ask you guys why is mid range you know uh, good now. <sighs> Um, I don't want to be that person, but I personally don't think the deck's good. I think it, like, not in a, not in a bad way, right? But well, it's not the best deck. It's definitely sure. yeah, yeah. I definitely think it, I think it's decent. It's got like mm-hmm. it's it, it's a deck that has good cards, right? Like it's kind of mm-hmm. it kind of gives me John vibes. Like it's just generally like yeah, yeah. You're playing cards that are like reasonably well positioned in terms of like 
I think Bone Crusher Giant's good. I think Graveyard Graveyard Trespassers like a very good card, um, especially against like Control and Phoenix is kind of awkward to deal with. Mm-hmm. You've got some like reasonable planeswalkers, like Chandra and Soren, but I don't think those planeswalkers mm-hmm. are anything special. Um, I think the deck's good into like Winota, for sure. Winota's been like mm-hmm. very popular, and I imagine this deck does pretty well against Winota. It's pretty good into control, because um, you've got yeah. That, that that's what I uh, ran at asked at the beginning of the show too when we were just talking, and I was going to say that blue white control. You know, if we're saying it's the most popular deck right now, you know, maybe not the best deck, but the most popular one. Mm. I I really like the matchup of red black into blue white control. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just have so much hand attack, and you just like you just have so many ways to deal with like Teferi is what they use to try and get ahead, but like if you're just like constantly disrupting them and putting some pressure on the board and cards like dreadboard to back it up to like make sure and blood chief's thirst like how, mm-hmm. how, how do you mm-hmm. if you're if you're playing blue white control how do you ever just like get ahead of that you need to somehow resolve a shark typhoon which not a lot mm-hmm. of them are even playing anymore so yeah like, i just feel like this deck just slowly grinds you out um so yeah i'd imagine this would do pretty well into um into blue white control it's got like a decent phoenix matchup because obviously you have trespasser you have a lot of hand attack mm-hmm. and you can put some pressure on them you've got fatal push for the thing in there so if you play it yeah the, the uh, you know go blank game the go blank decks always had a decent phoenix matchup that i think is uh probably maybe slightly favored lotus field i think is slightly unfavored mm-hmm. just because uh they don't have quite enough pressure but it, it can definitely win games you know disruption Plus pressure are both things the deck has. Yeah. Right. Um, but was there anything mm-hmm. else worth uh, pointing out? You think? I mean, that was the thing I wanted to point out, just because you know this is the end of the season, and you know we did see a little bit of a shakeup, and and I I would say that's the big thing that came out of. It. Not only did, of course, Azorius control get better at the end of the season, but also we saw you know Rakdos kind of separate from the uh, other. Uh, Okay, say. Well, Martin, I'd love to hear your thoughts yeah. on the, yeah, the, the winning decks. deck, the mono red deck, because I feel like it, it gets a little bit slept on. Like everyone knows it's a kind of good and known entity, but I don't hear it in the same conversations as something like a Winota or a Blue White Control or a Phoenix. So, where, do you feel like this was a surprise that it won, or how do you kind of feel like it fits in the meta? Um, I don't think it's a massive surprise. I think the deck's like reasonably good. I think Kumano is really given that deck. Uh. A re- like a real kind of extra kick because I think the issue you had was when playing cards like Skewer the Critics and Light Up the Stage, sometimes you just didn't hit right. Sometimes, you know, they just played, they answered your like creature and you ended up getting stuck with like Skewers and um, Light Up the Stages and Hand and stuff. But combined with Chandra D- Dress to Kill and Kumano, you've got so many ways to trigger the spectacle cost. Yeah, I think this deck is like, yeah, I think it's good. It's powerful. Again, I don't think it's the one of the. I don't think it's the best deck. I think it's. I think it is tier one. Um, maybe maybe just off tier one, but probably tier one. I think the deck's good. I don't really have any strong like, um, strong opinions on it it's just i definitely think kumano and chandra dress to kills help the deck a lot being able to consistently get the spectacle costs off with those cards and like the cyborg 
you've got some good tools to deal with like Winotar. You can definitely get under blue white control a lot of the time. Um you probably you're probably favoured um let me see, you're favoured against Spirits. Phoenix is a bit touch and go, but I think like if they're not playing Thing in the Ice, it's probably fine. Although I always thought the Phoenix um, matchup was quite close. Um, it just completely depends on how early they can get the Phoenixes on the battlefield. Um, you go under Hidden Strings, which is very popular at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I think it's reasonably well positioned, and yeah, I think it's a solid deck choice. Um, I noticed there was like three copies in the top 32. But yeah, no, I'm I I wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't be my first choice, but it doesn't surprise me that it was able to win the tournament. I think I think it's I think it's a pretty good deck overall. All right, yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Have you uh, seen the deck much? Which one? The uh... mono red. Mono red. Yeah, I, mean, I just took a look at it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played against it or anything like that yet, so I can't really give any. Uh, I can't give any of my can't give an opinion on it. There we go. It looks good. It looks solid. But I haven't played it or played against it, so I can't really say much. Um, sorry, I was thinking about our next topic. Yeah. Um, if you're if you guys are okay with that, yeah. yeah. Um, so definitely, yeah. I don't know. Do I want to do? Do we want to do the tag team next? Or <laughs> I can't. There's two topics that I wanted to talk about. I did want to talk a little bit, you know, about you know, like you know, tag team and you know, Martin's, you know. Uh, team of pros and stuff but i think before that um actually let, let's do that one first let's do that first i want to talk about um you know what everybody's saying um you know in your kind of sphere you know we have you we have claudio we have uh you know amit and we have so many so many like pros and grinders you know that you are in in constant contact with what has everybody been saying since this um announcement of the uh, organized play um, I think we're like, um, Claudio, Claudio mentioned in our kind of Patreon channel in our own team chat and like, um, he was kind of like, he's basically saying he thinks it's a good time for us to push more Pioneer content given the way the, the, the organized play is looking like it's shaping up. Um, I think like what I want to do with uh, Tag Team as well within our own team is definitely like start getting testing back i think mm -hmm. um we we've kind of we've not been doing a lot of testing cohesively it's been more kind of like you know just general like chat just sharing information etc and you know discussing deck choices and stuff but i think this will um definitely um this will definitely give us the impetus to um start doing testing um mm -hmm. and doing more focus testing because this is a real um <coughs> pardon me like obviously like magic online is different for ptqs um i think they're a lot harder online um and i think because of that not because like you still believe you can qualify definitely but like there's less um i believe there's a bit less kind of drive and emphasis to do really detailed testing for them because Mm -hmm. they come fairly often but they're like 200 plus people events and you know mm -hmm. that way you're like right i'll put my hat in the ring but who knows what could happen but like 
mm-hmm. with with the paper tournaments there's a genuine chance a genuine realistic chance of qualifying so it gives you the it gives you the drive and extra energy for everyone because everyone is i believe everyone, especially my team are Can- more than capable of qualifying so it's kind of like well let's try and get as mm-hmm. many people on the pro tour as possible so yeah this will definitely galvanize us to do a lot of testing together and hopefully we can come up with like cohesive strategies and choices for these events um, can we touch on that real quick so you know people are getting paper you guys have all been playing online forever i know claudio's been sleeping up he's been playing some fnms i've seen his tweets uh we have a lot of people you know that maybe started playing arena uh, you know, late 2019 or, you know, 2020, 2021, or even, you know, earlier this year, they haven't really had a chance to experience organized play yet. How will it be different um, to play paper, you know, magic instead of online magic? Like what kind of advice or suggestions would you get to these, these new players doing organized play for the first time? Um, so I think people really underestimate the transition from online to paper. Paper is a lot different you get punished heavily for not paying attention in paper um Mm -hmm. if you miss triggers like triggers are all done for you online you can miss triggers and if you miss them you don't get them you need Mm -hmm. to pay attention and also you need to it's kind of like poker you need to realize that a lot of people can get a lot of information from players by asking them certain questions for games or even by like what you're doing your movements um, I remember mm. I played against a good player called, um, oh, what's his name? His name's uh, Fanoop. Why? Why is his name? He's like a gnome, but I just forgot his name. Um, <laughs> bear with me, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Pete Ward, um, a good um English player. Mm-hmm. And and this is me playing Paper Magic for a long time. And he basically was able to work out every time I drew a land because, like, when I, like, drew it, I kind of shuffled my hand. And he was able to, like, work out, like, pretty fast. Like, oh, by the way, wow. he, he spoke to me afterwards. Like, by the way, I could tell you every time you drew a land because you, you have this wow. kind of tech with it. So, it, but, it, but it's important. Like, you gain so much advantage playing paper mm-hmm. if you know how to read your opponents. And mm-hmm. I believe that, new yeah. players really need to be aware of that. And you need to... You need to pay attention and play you need to get the balance right there's no chess clock on paper magic either which i hate mm-hmm. i hate it so much it's so awkward asking people to play faster um and then people take it the wrong way but they need to you need to play at reasonable pace but that doesn't yeah. mean you need to play fast you can play at reasonable pace take your time um what i would definitely recommend is definitely play with friends before you go yes. to these events get a lot of paper games under your belt yes. get used to the feeling of playing paper and play with friends and play you know no no takesies backsies like play mm-hmm. play with your Real. friends at comp rel and what mm-hmm. i would do as well is um time time yourself but don't show yourself the clock so play mm-hmm. games with your friends and then at the end of each match look at the clock and you have to make sure that's not going over 50 minutes Mm-hmm. Um, or if it does, try and get it down. Um, and but but, you know, don't just play like aggro v aggro because inevitably mm-hmm. that's going to end fast. Play decks that you're going to play at these events and try them against you know control decks. Try them against mm-hmm. like play a gauntlet. Um, mm-hmm. and proxy, proxy decks. Yes. 
you don't need to you don't need to own every card proxy the decks that you think you're going to be playing against and play a gauntlet and then once you're comfortable with like the deck you want to play then obviously make sure you have the cards for that but yeah do not underestimate the difference in playing in paper than online it is very different is and you get punished hard for not mm. paying attention so please be mindful of that and also like make sure you're holding your your hand properly don't reveal, yeah. don't don't tilt your hand towards your opponent because it's quite easy for them to see your cards or shuffle yeah or shuffle your hand because sometimes cards fall out and you give them information yeah. it's all about maintaining the privacy of your cards as much as you mm-hmm. can because information is so valuable in this game and you'll give it away if you're not paying attention um kevin you're like a level one judge right uh no i'm not but i know the judge okay. system pretty well so well let can, can i get your take on this then do you have any other advice any suggestions for these players playing in paper for the first time hmm any other advice you know uh, i think martin already put it pretty well is yeah practice 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 learn your triggers and learn what happens when you miss them you know when you're playing with your friends when you're doing that practice sure you're trying to play quick you're trying to test out decks that you may not be as familiar with but you know do it all right and it's going to matter because you'll notice when your opponents don't do it you'll notice when you do it and it will always improve your skills no matter what okay okay um, um and we kind of yeah what sorry, you want to say something, la- martin? last thing i want to say is um I would recommend before you go to any of these events, um, make sure you, if you're playing any foils, make sure you check them that they're not warped. Uh, mm. Do not play with old sleeves. As a rule of thumb, I would just say buy new sleeves. Um, mm-hmm. You just don't want things to like work against you on the day. Make sure you have your deck lists written up before. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it on the day. Um, because like going into paper events you want to put yourself in the best mindset possible as well and Mm -hmm. just be organized like write your deck list before you go you know make sure your sleeves are fresh um you can use sleeves more than once but i'm just saying like if you haven't if you've used sleeves like multiple times don't use them because it can be deemed as marked um and then you have that issue of having to like re-sleeve your deck in the middle of an event um yeah make sure your cards like your foils aren't warped there's like Mm -hmm. because sometimes your the judge might say you can't play that card and if you don't have a Mm -hmm. replacement you just get given a basic land Um, Mm and so you really need to be wary of that um i wouldn't play any foils Uh, i think foils are they're great in commander if it's casual but don't play i wouldn't advise against playing foils at comp rel there was a reason why nexus of fates had to get um proxied Mm mm-hmm um so that's really true yeah so we, we kind of skipped over this but i definitely want to to ask you guys um what you think of this uh why should players be playing organized play like why should they be excited for this again we're excited because we played it before but w- what do new players getting the organized play have to look forward to well, I think it's like anything, any passion, any sport that anyone's ever been interested in. Like, if you want to play organized play, if you feel like you want to play this game at a competitive level, having the opportunity to, you know, play at the highest level is, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, a dream. It's one of mine as well. Like, you want to play against the best yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you want to be recognized for that, rewarded for your mm-hmm, efforts. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's nothing more um for me in the in the game there's nothing more like 
thrilling than playing high stakes magic. Um, it might not be everyone's cup of tea. Like, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, you know, you might just want to play casual and that's fine. But organized mm-hmm. play is good because it gets a lot of people who are in that mindset of wanting to try and level up uh, their game and learn and give them like that kind of motivation to try and get better at the game and see how mm-hmm. far they can go. Like, it's just a great thing for people to have that access and out- outlet to to play at a high level because the game's hard. Mm. Magic's hard. It's a complicated game and it yeah. gives people that outlet and the rewards for, you know, learning the game, mastering the game and playing it to a very high standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Um, what do you think? Why should people be excited for organized play? Hey, it means that there's more content. It means that there's more, yeah. you know, people putting money into the game. It mean, you know, it can mean that it'll be cheaper to find what you want to play mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there will be more people playing it, more people making content for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's more people making content for it and playing it, that means more people spending money on it. It means that uh, the people who sponsor those people can make more money and that they can help make more content. You know, it all works together. It, it's a nice, happy thing when people are playing the game. It makes the game better to play so honestly any kind of thing that's going to push more people into playing watching reading about talking mm-hmm. about making content for spending an hour on a podcast for yeah. anything huh. that's all good news i think that you guys are kind of skipping the most important one and that's meeting new friends oh yeah like because <laughs> like you know you know we we had pioneer bring us together but um you know just organized i've met so many people especially people with the same level of of interest or same level of passion as you uh, for the game you know you're going to find a lot of those people at those events you know like we said before you know practice with your friends how are you going to make friends if you can't go to events so you know it's kind of the you know chicken of the egg you gotta you gotta meet those friends first and then practice (laughs) but but definitely that's the thing i'm looking forward to the most is you know hanging out with people again you know hey you want to go to this event? Yeah, let's, you know, for some people in the USA, maybe it's hopping in a car and driving, you know, an hour to some local game store. Or for me, maybe hopping on a train and going up to like, you know, Chiba or, or some other, you know, hour away, you know, area. So, uh, yeah, definitely meeting new friends. I'm oh. most excited to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, for me, it's insane. Like, I, like, Grand Prix were great for that as well. Like, um, I've got friends from like all over Europe, like different countries. And I feel like, I wouldn't need to go to it. I wouldn't. I could just go by myself, and know that like you know my friends from Poland. I could just like message them and say, "Hey, can I stay with you guys and arrange something?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and these guys I've all met from playing Magic, completely different country, different culture to an extent, you know. And I'm just like, "Yo, let's go hang out." Like, um, I remember being in Brussels with like um, popular modern player uh, Yendrik and obviously mm-hmm. canister was there as well and a bunch of other good players and uh we were, we just like hung out the whole weekend and it was just great fun like really really good times um there's been a lot of times like that in different countries like italy and stuff like that as well or spain and all these other countries like denmark as well like countries i wouldn't even go to normally if it wasn't for that event but i still get mm-hmm. to experience like the like the the city i'm in and it's just good it's good times. Yeah. You can't do that from your computer chair, you know? You don't get the exactly. same level of exactly. experience. So We got we got the gathering back. We got the gathering back. 
RIP <laughs> my bank account, unfortunately. But yeah, it's, it's gonna be fun. That that's yeah, one yeah. thing that you know, I liked. I enjoyed doing. You know, with my my wife, it's like, hey, you want to go hang out in the city for like the weekend, and I'll just play a game. <laughs> oh yeah, I always wanted to go there. I don't think I don't think uh, my girlfriend will buy into that, but you know, yeah. it's worth I mean, a try. I've been we've been together for like almost twenty years. Now, yeah, so. yeah, so that's that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Kevin, um, do you want to do that one more t- talk about the unbanned tier list, or do you want to save that for another time? How do you feel? I think we can save that for another time. Yeah, just thinking about it. Um, yeah, I think we've covered what we really want to talk about, which was organized play. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's the exciting news right now. We'll talk about uh, other things coming out as far as other big news mm-hmm. in the future. And if you guys want to be up to date with everything that's going on in Pioneer, the best thing to do would be to follow us at MTG Pioneer on Twitter. You can also find a link to our Discord there and find us you know, retweeting anything and everything Pioneer related. Yes. And you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at Yo Japan Hobbyist. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you guys think is you know the most exciting thing about this organized play announcement. Definitely hop into our Discord. Tell us you know what you're excited about. Um, you know, or you know, tell us about your experiences, uh, etc. Um, we're we're happy to hear from you. Um, and Martin, how about you? Do you want to talk about tacting maybe or any other socials? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, as always, um, you can if you want to, you know, follow what I have to say and what I'm doing. Um, Twitter Harry Thirteen SEO. That's Sierra Charlie Oscar. Um, yeah, and if you want to, you know, I write articles regularly for the tag team. You can follow them at Tag Team Nine. We have a Patreon with various different tiers. And also, finally, I I do offer coaching for Pioneer. If you want to, you know, with things up and coming there's if you want to you know get in touch with me i can teach you the ropes and kind of hopefully take some of your games to the next level so yeah feel free to dm me on twitter for that as well yeah, let me also just shout out uh playing pioneer everything yes. pioneer high level content and low level content budget content everything you might ever want um it's a collaborative effort from a number of pioneer content creators so make sure to check that out it's amazingly run and has great articles coming out all the time yeah mm-hmm. playing pioneers gas give them a follow really interesting to see how that develops mm. all right that's gonna bring us to the other episode martin thank you for joining us i feel like whenever you're on i uh, barely need to talk because you are <laughs> taking the words right out of my mouth um so always appreciate you coming onto the show um we love to have that really spiky perspective and uh you are you know the person we think of when we want to go have a mtg all grinder on here so thanks again glad to hear that all of the good news lately and uh, that's going to wrap up our show. So once again, we are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. And we are pro and out. <laughs>